the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Welcome in to a Thursday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. It's nice to have you along. It would be nice if we had debates between the candidates for governor and senator in the state of Ohio so that voters who are on the fence, or even worse, voters who would allow television commercials to define the candidates, no matter which side of the aisle they're on, would have an opportunity to watch these two candidates exchange ideas. But we will not, it appears, have debates in the state of Ohio, and that is the fault of the Democratic Party. At least it is the fault of the Democrats embedded in the Ohio debate commission. We told you yesterday that the uh, supposedly nonpartisan Ohio Debate Commission that was uh, formed just two years ago to hold what we all want, nonpartisan debates, instead is run by someone who is a career Democrat. And so both J.D. Vance running for Senate on the Republican side and Mike DeWine running for governor on the Republican side have declined to participate in Ohio Debate Commission debates. Now, I said as the show began that it's too bad we don't have debates, and it is too bad that we don't have debates. But this is not the wrong move by J.D. Vance or Mike DeWine. You should not uh, step into an ambush, and both would be doing so if they allowed the Ohio Debate Commission, which is highly partisan, to put them in a position where They can be fact-checked during a debate by someone who has donated to Democratic causes, by someone who has worked for Planned Parenthood. Do those seem like nonpartisan entities to you? Giving to the Democratic Party, working for Planned Parenthood? Gee, I wonder which side the former Planned Parenthood person in charge of the Ohio Debate Commission would take in a debate where both Mike DeWine and J.D. Vance are unapologetically pro-life. Hmm. Something tells me they might side with Nan Whaley and Tim Ryan, who, like all Democrats, uh, quench their thirst on the blood of murdered children in the womb. So, of course, the Ryan campaign and the Whaley campaign are whining about all of this. And I'm not going to even bother to share their viewpoints with you because you can predict. And you would be right in saying that they will position this as Vance or DeWine being afraid of facing off against their opposition, when in fact it is not fear, but um, good instincts. Here is Luke Schroeder, a Vance spokesman. He said it would be absurd to participate in a debate overseen by a liberal Tim Ryan donor who has repeatedly and publicly smeared Republicans. Ohio's, Ohioans deserve fair, impartial debates. J.D. has accepted 
two nonpartisan debates and hopes our opponent will as well. Well, sure, Ryan would like to appear on a tilted playing field where the Ohio Debate Commission is in control of positioning one candidate's views, and they would be Ryan's views, to look better than the other. Uh, Jill Miller-Zamone is the executive director of the Ohio Debate Commission. She's donated over $13,000 to Democrats, gave a $250 contribution to Ryan eight years ago in 2014, which, again, I laugh at that. She's given a ton of money to Obama, a ton of money to Hillary, a ton of money to other Democratic candidates. And poor Timmy Ryan, poor little Timmy Ryan, only got $250, and she hasn't given him anything in... How many times has Tim Ryan run for election? Re-election? Since 2014, let's see, 2016, 2018, 2020, 2022. I wonder why. I wonder why Jill Miller-Zamone has cooled on Tim Ryan. Probably for the same reason that all the people that he represents in the Mahoning Valley have cooled on Tim Ryan. They found him to be an impotent career politician who's never gotten anything done for his constituents. And so while she is an undisputed partisan hack for Democrats, Jill Miller-Zamone is not a fool with her money. She hasn't given any of it to Tim Ryan in eight years. That's almost half his career as a congressman. So uh, I think the unfortunate part of this is this will be, of course, spun by the dishonest state media, but I repeat myself, as Vance and DeWine being the reason why these debates aren't scheduled. Put somebody in charge of the Ohio Debate Commission and appoint a moderator who has no Democratic campaign donations in their background and whose body of work, either as a television journalist a print journalist, a radio journalist, whose body of work shows that they are not a partisan. And you'd be surprised how fast your debates would come together. Now, I would not be a good choice for that because I would, in my heart, know that I would be much harder on Tim Ryan and Nan Whaley than I would be on Mike DeWine or J.D. Vance. I would not want to debate because I know the voters of the state of Ohio deserve someone who is down the middle, which begs the question. Does such a person exist? Does such a person exist? I'm trying here in the spur of the moment on live radio to pull out of my head an image of someone who I would say qualifies as capable of doing a debate. And I'm coming up empty. I'm coming up empty. Nobody who's ever had a byline in the Columbus Dispatch could do it. None of the USA Today reporters, not Jesse Baumert, certainly not Anna Staver, definitely not Haley B. Miller, not the recently downsized Daryl Rowland. They're all Democratic partisans. I'm obviously a conservative partisan. Uh, My colleague in Cleveland, Bob France, same. So I don't think such a person exists anymore, which begs the question, how could we do a fair debate? Could we do, I was thinking for a second, like we could do it uh, via Zoom, but then you would just have overtly partisan loyalists weighing in, posing as something they are not with gotcha questions and shrill shrieking accusations against the candidate. So maybe, maybe we have reached a point in our political culture where holding a debate is impractical 
and, dare I say, impossible. But here's what you can't do. You cannot allow the candidates to define themselves. And you also should be cautious about allowing the candidates to define their opposition. Because in both cases, the former, they will make themselves look fantastic. And in the latter, they will make their opponent look like a demon. But I think body of work, with your own independent analysis of body of work, does what they are saying now match up with what they have said in the past? Is there a plausible tie between the two? That's one way to look at it. Now, uh, Producer Pam, did you have someone in mind that could be a reasonable, down-the-middle, nonpartisan Not a specific person, but didn't the League of Women Voters used to do debate nights? Well, they used to. At some point. I don't know whatever happened to that. Remember that. Yeah, exactly. They're supposed to be nonpartisan, I believe. Our our Salem Media colleague, Hugh Hewitt, would say that he is uh, capable of doing that because he's talked before, maddening in my view, about what a good guy Tim Ryan is. Because they both went to Warren JFK High School. Ah, okay. So they're uh, buddies who have the uh, same uh, name on their high school diploma. Uh, But I don't even think that... You'd never get the Democrats to agree that Hugh would be down the middle. Uh, But Hugh would do a better job. He'd do an exceedingly better job at it than I would. Mm. Because I would uh, come after Tim Ryan about what a liar and a fraud he is. And how he has now positioned himself as not just even a moderate. He positions himself as an independent. Which is a joke. Right. You vote for Joe Biden 100% of the time with every single initiative, and then you say you're independent? Doesn't feel very independent to me. So uh, maybe the uh, whole idea of having a debate is uh, a fool's errand. It just might be. Because clearly, when you read the headlines every single day, there's no doubt that you are being programmed. You are being programmed by what you see in the mainstream media. And there is... Lacking from our reporting today, the responsibility that journalists used to feel to, back in my era, go out of their way to mention the other side, to be fair. In fact, uh, I worked in newspapers in an era where if you injected any opinion at all, even in an adjective or an adverb, Uh, You were questioned about whether or not you had a partisan slant to what you were writing. That is clearly not the case anymore. At some point in time, when newspapers became desperate for readers and their circulation began to plummet because of a little thing called the Internet, they were desperate to stay in business, and it became fashionable for reporters to become more engaging in their writing, to get more clicks. Once newspapers were on the web, people could easily assess who was reading whose byline. And so if you weren't getting any clicks, you obviously weren't being provocative enough. And the way to get provocative was to become more opinionated, uh, which has, of course, contributed to the demise of newspapers with good reason. So uh, maybe the debates, while uh, a good idea, are uh, something like um, many things that have gone out of style. While you were sleeping, most likely, while I was sleeping, put it that way, 
Uh, there were two more homicides last night in the city of Columbus, which brings us past the 100 homicide mark. Now you say, that's an improvement over last year, and you would be right. That is an improvement over last year when we had a record 205 homicides. Now, since we are on September the 22nd, I would assume that we are not going to get to a new record total. We will not set a new record for homicides for the third year in a row. But, 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 do not get the idea that 100 homicides is a low number or an acceptable number because it certainly is not. Yes, of course, last year we had... 205 homicides, and the year before that, we had a record 175 homicides. But that is an astronomical leap from what we used to have. In fact, from 2013 to 2015, that's three years, 2013, 14, 15, Columbus didn't get to 100 homicides in any of those years. In 2016, we didn't get to our 100th homicide until the middle of December. The following year, five years ago, 2017, we didn't get to our 100th homicide until October 10th. In 2018, we didn't get to our 100th homicide until, again, the middle of December, December 18th. And it was the same in 2019. So do not get used to or accustomed to or assume that things are getting better in the city of Columbus because I don't think better is less than a record total. That is certainly a reflection of the uh, drug trafficking that's in Columbus, the gang activity that is in Columbus. And it is also a reflection of a nationwide trend, which is not to hold anybody accountable for their actions. I mean, we have teenagers who are stealing cars and then escalate to driving stolen cars into gun shops and taking guns. What do you think is going to happen? We've had an we've had an, an exorbitant number of people under the age of 25 murdered this year in the city of Columbus. Young people whose brains are not fully developed, with guns in their possession, addled brains by drugs, hopeless in an inner city where Crime abounds and where Democrats keep making lots of lofty promises, but nothing ever seems to get better, is a recipe for triple-digit homicides. And that's what you're seeing, and I don't expect that to change. Now, the phenomenon of vast damage to the citizenry done by poor accountability, lack of accountability, does not just show up in homicide numbers. I find it interesting that I've seen in the news lately a couple of stories talking about fraternity and sorority hazing and deaths that have resulted from hazing. And I also find interesting that there's a story today on the ABC6 website. Ohio State University will launch a hazing prevention website this morning. Comes nearly a year after Senate Bill 126, also known as Collins Law, went into effect. Colin Wyant was an Ohio University student who died from a hazing incident in 2018. And we all know the story, the sad story, of Stone Foltz, who died in a hazing incident at Bowling Green State University. I am fully against hazing. Totally, unequivocally, 100% against hazing. 
But I think that this is a way to excuse make for a lack of ingraining in our kids what they should be willing to accept and what they should not be willing to accept. And if you are successful in raising a child with solid, unshakable self-esteem, then I believe that the hazing problem would go away because if someone poses a danger to your physical safety, you having a proper view of your self-esteem, of your importance, of your purpose in life, of the number of people who love you and support you will not crave so much the community and the approval of other people who probably barely know you, to whom you should not be beholden for their approval, it should not mean that much to you, that you would do something stupid that they are requiring you to do in order to join their group. And I don't think it's a stretch to say that drinking an entire bottle of alcohol, not just beer, but like bourbon or whiskey or vodka or something like that, is probably not going to be good for your health. The website, according to Ohio State Associate Dean of Students Ryan Lovell, will provide students with the tools needed to report a hazing incident to the university and police. Is that something that... uh, Kids are unclear on how to report something dangerous to police. Don't we have a 911 hotline for things like that? Don't we know that if something untoward happens that you call the police? So again, this is like, this is, this is coddling youth. This is having such low expectations for our youth that they can't possibly put it together in their own mind that, Somebody is trying to encourage me to do something dangerous that will harm myself or harm someone else. Gee, I wonder how I go about reporting that. Uh, Lovell says he hopes the website gives students the chance to look at the history of the university's organizations as they decide what groups they want to be a part of. Well, I could find that useful. I could see that there's a record of an organization that has delved into these dangerous kinds of areas. That's fine. I have no problem with that. He says students can educate themselves before they join these organizations to have a true sense of what their conduct history is. Who are these organizations? What is their past conduct? The site will have information about violations that student organizations have committed in the organizations that are no longer recognized by the university for violations of different policies. You know, I I spent like a hot second considering joining a fraternity at Ohio State one time during my years. And I was told, we're different. We don't do the hazing thing. We don't do the bullying thing. We don't do the hell week thing. And then I found out they did. And you know what I did? I walked out the front door. I walked out the front door. Because I didn't need that approval of somebody making me do something that I knew was wrong. Making me do something that I wasn't interested in doing. If I had to get drunk and be a fool and smoke dope to join their group, guess what? They weren't up to my standards. I wasn't worried about whether I was up to their standard. And if we don't start developing that in our kids, then we're doomed to more deaths like we've already had. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.